Hey Tim. Morning. Good to see all of you online. All right, good to go. Microphone's not as good, but uh, sometimes I had a few tech issues this morning, but uh, better late than never, they say. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat, folks. Good to see all of you this morning. Big hello to everyone jumping on. Aaron, good to see you. Kevin, uh, Scott, Tim, uh, there you go. Morning, Deb. Morning, Alison. How are we, gang? Good to see that uh, that you're all up and at it first thing on a marvellous Monday. While, uh, while we get things rolling, do the quick intros. Um, if you didn't already know, most of you know this anyway. Jason Witten's my name. If you're new, say hello. Let us know where you are, what you're up to. Great to have you here if you are dropping by in one way, shape or form. If you're part of our mentoring and coaching program, you might be uh, finding us somehow through the uh, through the world of socials. Thank you for joining us. We've been doing this uh, each morning for a little while now. It's called the Wealth Coffee Chat. We get together, you and me, and we talk about the world of property investing and how we as property investors get, you know, get ourselves up and at it and go the distance when it comes to this thing called property investing. You guys know my little couple little sayings around here. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time to create and grow and build a property portfolio that's going to work. And uh, we need to understand what, you know, what it's going to take. Time's the number one. Number two, buy well and do not sell. Buy some good quality properties and leave them alone. Take up some hobbies for crying out loud. Leave those properties do their thing. They take time. Uh, and that time is, for most properties, 15 to 20 years to really do something amazing. Any shorter than that, under 10, you're kidding yourself, um, unless you are an active development investor. And that's not my cup of tea. I teach people how to buy good properties and keep them for a long time so they can get quietly simply, pretty easily, to be honest, uh, wealthy, so you can just have a good time. Anyway, thanks for joining. Great to see all of you here this morning. Today, I wanted to talk about something that's going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, There's a lot going on, actually. There's a lot going on. Underlying, I think we sort of talked about it last week, you know, the the headlines all about interest rates and, and that malarkey, which, you know, to be honest, let's face it, folks, we know where it's going. Uh, it is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. The challenge, the option, oh, the opportunity we uh, uh, have as property investors right now is to understand what's going on out there and really make decisions based on the underlying momentum of what's happening in the market, not get uh, d- distracted by media malarkey. Anyway, there you go. So today I wanted to talk about something like that. And uh, one of the big drivers, uh, many of you know, um, many of you you know that we talk about sort of drivers in the world of property investing. Um, And uh, just to warm things up, let's have a bit of a chat. Let's talk about this. Let's pop that there. Let's talk about this. What are the big drivers? What are the six key drivers? Sam talks about these all the time. What are the six key drivers, folks? Tell me in the chat as we warm things up. What are the six key drivers when it comes to the world of property and property investing when it comes to uh, our rents and our values? All right, put them in the chat for me now. 
so we can just kick this uh, this conversation off this morning. What are the six key drivers when it comes to our values, capital growth, let's say, and rental growth when it comes to, okay, what, are, what will drive things up, what will drive things down when it comes to changes in numbers and things in the world of property investing? Whack those in the chat for me as we roll along. Anyone got any idea? Many of you know this from... Um, from uh, Sam's stuff, but um, hey, morning, Julie. Good to see you. You are up in Newcastle, I'm sure, or maybe you're out and about. Anyway, let's have a bit of a look at this. All right, number one, what are the things that can influence the the property market as we go? Yep, lack of supply for sure, Tim. Let's do them in kind of um, interest uh, rates. All right, the ones that are most flexible um, that drive property values or give us um, or give market momentum um, issues, positive or negative, interest rates, okay? Um, That's a really important one. Supply and demand, okay? Supply and demand for sure. Population, population, Uh, population, okay? Population or the number of populations, (laughs) Um, population, Uh, jobs, employment, Okay, as we go along, um, the politics, uh, we talk about this, you know, politicians can influence the uh, marketplace drastically when it comes to our world as, um, as investors. Matter of fact, we call them the number one menace when it comes to our wealth, folks, okay, um, as we go along where there is infrastructure, infrastructure spending, okay? Now, we've seen that these are the big, these are the big drivers, big, massive drivers, interest rates. When they go up or down, um, they affect the market. When supply and demand goes up and down, they, they affect the market. So let's have a look at this. Right now, interest rates are putting pressure, downward pressure on values, but what they're doing is they're putting upward pressure on rents. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, supply is down, but that is a good thing. Population is booming. Jobs are booming. Politicians kind of, at the moment, it's kind of neutral and infrastructure spending is booming. So we've got really some drivers that are really positive right now. The only one that the market or the media is carrying on about is this interest rate malarkey. Um, And uh, hey, listen, that for you and me right now isn't one we need to worry about too much when it comes to the future because we know where it's going and you know you've got yourself organized when it comes to this stuff. So let's have a look at what's happening right now in this one. This is the one I wanted to talk about today, folks, is population. Population. Supply and demand um, supplies down drastically, but where where is population happening? Put it in the chat for me right now. Which state? Which state? This is kind of a leading question anyway, because I already put it in the put in the thing. Which state received the most new uh, new uh, population? New people. Anyway, which state got the biggest increase in population over the last three years when it came to um, when it came to uh, 
movements internally in Australia and it was Queensland. Boom. And it's still going, folks. And this is the thing, you know, um, right now, um, everyone goes, oh, maybe <laughs> California. Well, maybe, maybe in uh, maybe in the US, California got that uh, that uh, thing, you know, Queensland um, and California, probably similar, beach, sun, surf, fun, you know, as we go along. Queensland. Queensland has got the number one spot. So let's have a bit of a look at that, folks. What happened? And not only, not only Queensland... Um, not only Queensland got the highest, ladies and gents, boys and girls, uh, kiddies, it got the highest by double. So 100% more, 100% more than, 100% more than any of the other states Queensland received when it came to the population. There, I, should, I need to put my glasses on. <laughs> uh, anyway, there you go. Put my glasses on now. I can see it. Queensland. WA did all right. 1.3. Queensland by a country mile, by a long, long way. And uh, um, Western Australia next. And then, you know, Victoria after that. Victoria and South Australia. All right. But Queensland, two times double the population increase, ladies and gents, 100,000 people, 100,000 increase uh, when it came to, 100,000 increase when it came to um, people moving to Queensland. And it's interesting, is that going to slow down? Like the conversation is, oh, like, is it over? You know, is it going to slow down? You know, should we expect more? Well, check this out. This is pretty crazy, and it's only getting started. It's only getting started, folks, when it comes to this stuff. Um, we are now um, looking at we're probably going to be 25% higher than the forecasts, okay, um, in the migration for this year, 300,000 permanent migrants uh, into Australia in one way, shape, or form. Where are they going to live? This is the question. Not only on top of that, we'll talk about the students in a second, students in a minute, um, but uh, where are they going to live? So what I want to take you through right now is the, this is the question. Put it in the chat for me and let's talk about this, like where are they going to live? Tell me, where do the new migrants go? And this is something I want you to think about, and this is where at Positive we talk about different locations um, and different places for investing. And uh, Tim was talking about that in, in Bavit. So demand, location, desirability. Um, yeah, so talk to me. Talk to uh, A lot of the students are going to go to Melbourne. Um, you know, Melbourne and Sydney are, the, are usually the places where migration, most uh, migrants land, um, a uni, so they'll go to those medium density places if there's enough apartments there. But what happens when people move uh, interstate or into a, a new place? Where do they go? What do they seek out? They seek out not because they would prefer to live there, but because usually it's the only place that uh, there is to buy and get into the market or new, new market places, emerging Emerging areas, folks. And I want to talk to you about um, this idea, this concept 
when it comes to emerging areas. Inner city is mostly where the students focus for sure, Tim. So you know those um you know those vacancy rates that were sort of hanging around that were city based or city located, that's gonna be gone. Um if if it's not already. Um so the city apartment landscape, that is gonna get some real rocket fuel when it comes to rental income um, under its belt. But let's talk about the suburbs um, when it comes to this stuff and an effect that happens in the suburbs. So um, what happens, check this out, what happens when, this is sort of southeast Queensland, um, and when twenty, basically 25,000 people move into an area, um, uh, Ormo or Oxenford, 25,000 people move into an area um, what happens to the market value and the rents there? Tell me, what do you think, folks? Um, what happens? Now, this area was and is still is one of those emerging areas. It's one of those areas where there's been land releases, um, you know, development and continuous, um, um, you know, momentum when it comes to the value um, of the land and the dirt and whatever, you know, um, as we go. So what, what happens when 25,000 new people move into an area? I mean, it's a self-fulfilling question, to be honest, isn't it? But I want you to notice this stuff because when um, right now what's going to happen as the population grows and people move, these areas, these, these emerging areas are going to get some significant value growth. And, and Sam talks about this all the time, this ripple effect, okay? Um, 25,000 people moved into um, uh, Ormo Oxenford. And let's have a look at what happened in that area as those people did it. Like, let's do, let's have a look at this. And I'm going to turn that one off um, in here. So this was kind of like, you know, if you have a look at, you know, we talked about this the other day, 10 years of low interest rates kept this area um, on when it comes to houses, let's just do that because it make, keeps it clearer. Um, you know, houses, like like the rent didn't go up, the values didn't go up. Check out this. Along comes this um, process of people moving in. Let's call it. Let's call it down here. Let's call it four hundred, four thirty. And now, when you look up the top here, six seventy, four thirty to six seventy. In under two years, the rents went up. How much did the rents go up there, team? Tell me right now. In the chat, the rents went up $220, like $100 a year, $100 a year. And that will happen, and that's going to continue to happen pretty significantly. Did the values, were the values affected? Let's have a look at that. Let's have a look at what might go on there. Let's go at the, um, the uh, asking sales price um, as we go. Wow, well, there you go. Look at this. You know, 2020, October 2020, 500, 8. Look, do the math on that one, team. Do the math on that one. Not only was the COVID madness going on, but that area, which was an established, or wasn't, wasn't established, it was a new emerging area, population moved there and the, the values went from 500 to 800. Mind-blowing. And and folks, the rents went from four thirty to six eighty, like that. Crazy big times, right? Big time crazy. So, 
For us as investors, what does that mean when it comes to, you know, how we invest in the future as we go along? Because when we see areas and population growth coming into Australia, record population growth team, record population growth. Now, when when what happens tends to happen in Oz is when people land in the country, uh, here's my terrible drawing of Australia again, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's Tassie and uh, where's Canberra? There somewhere. Okay, what, what usually happens is they land in two places as the majority and then what happens is they, they spread around the country. Okay, um, <laughs> thanks, Alison. I've been practising over the holidays, all right? So what's the takeaway today? What's the point of our conversation? What's the point of the conversation? The point is, team, the point is, folks, where we are right now, that don't get distracted on this rhetoric around the interest rates. There are so many other powers behind the marketplace. And yes, the borrowing power of most people has been affected. So that will cap the the capital growth for a while, um, which is which is very normal. It's nothing abnormal. It's nothing to be like, oh, the sky's falling, right? But what it's doing is it's pushing our rents up. Uh, and also, it's making supply harder to deliver, which is a problem. I think that's a problem, but anyway, that's nothing else. And for us as investors, sitting on the fence, waiting, waiting, waiting is not a good idea. If you are in the market, you should get on with it because it's only going to get worse. And when then people realize, oh, the world hasn't ended, and that market, that amount of people have built up and sat on the fence for a while. Goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of waiting. I've got to buy my property. I've got to get on with it. You are going to, to miss out because, not necessarily miss out. You're going to pay more than you should because you sat out with all of the other majority, which you should have been doing the opposite to them. Anyway, that's the point. There's a lot of population coming. It's not going to, it's not going to stop. It's going to affect things now and into the future, and you as a property investor need to be ready. Anyway, there you go. I think I'm over time today because I started a bit late, but uh, there you go. Yeah. All right, team, that's it from me today. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Thank you for joining, as always. Um, if you want to join me tomorrow, please do. Let's have another chat. I had a bunch more organised on this conversation, so I think we'll do part two. I think I had another part two the other day too, didn't I? The servicing part. I think I'll do part two of servicing and part two of this conversation um, this week. So join me for part two, two part twos. Anyway, shut up, Jason. You're just dribbling on now. <laughs> uh, all right, team. Good to see you. Thanks for hanging out and uh, you guys have an awesome day. That's it from me. Uh, adios. Bye for now. See ya. See ya.